Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. An ordained minister has decided to give up God for a year. How the heck do you just up and become atheist after being a pastor? What I'm most worried about right now is figuring out how I can live openly and honestly. I am finally free to be me. I have no idea how to find friends or become a part of a community that's not religious. What does life look like after church, after religion, after God? That's, you know, that's, that's it in a nutshell. This is the Life After God podcast, a conversation on the space between belief and unbelief and beyond with your host, Ryan Bell. Happy New Year, friends. It's good to be with you today. This is December 31st, 2018, the final day of the year. Uh, and if you're anything like me, you're probably looking forward to a new year. We've been saying that for the last three or four years now. We've probably been saying it for much longer than that, but especially these last two or three years, uh, the new year has felt like a palate cleanser, a way to start over, a way to start fresh. And uh, this year is especially um, that way for me and possibly for you as well. This is an unnumbered and fairly short episode. Just to check in, say hello, wish you a happy new year, which I just did. Reflect a bit on 2018 and look ahead to some of the things I'm thinking about for the new year, both personally, professionally, just sort of reflecting a little bit and then inviting you uh, to be a part of some new things that I'm looking forward to in this new year. As many of you know, I started a journey five years ago today to explore my faith. I was uh, recently let go from my position as a Seventh-day Adventist pastor in Southern California in Los Angeles, and I had spent the last several months looking into um, various other churches and religions um, that might sort of fill the, the hole that was left by uh, my departure from my denomination, the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Long story short, I decided five years ago today to, to launch a blog called A Year Without God. It very quickly uh, became a sensation on the internet for whatever reason I, I don't still don't quite understand. I guess it was the idea that I was a former pastor that really piqued people's interest. I think it was also the fact that I wasn't declaring myself an atheist at that point. I was just declaring that I was going to spend a year exploring atheism, trying on atheism that I regrettably and uh, unforgettably said at that time. Um, I was sort of taken to task for what I meant by trying on atheism. And uh, to this day, I'm not sure exactly what I meant, except that I was going to immerse myself in the community. I was going to sort of leave God aside as a thought experiment and see if my life was any different without God in it. And um, Along the way, of course, I explored my beliefs. I looked at theology, philosophy, science, history, anthropology, and all the rest, and um, came to the conclusion four years ago, uh, almost exactly four years ago today, that I was, in fact, an atheist. My 
journey was uh, covered by the Los Angeles Times, the BBC, NPR, CNN, and a variety of other um, news outlets, as well as hundreds of blogs and podcasts. And so that story's been pretty well pretty well covered. I'm still working on a book uh, about my experience. Um, I haven't really put pen to paper for about two years on that project. Possibly looking forward to getting getting back to that this year. But um, out of that experience, about six months after deciding that I was in fact an atheist and more importantly a humanist in my, in my perspective, uh, that I was going to start a podcast, this podcast here called Life After God. And off and on over the last several years, um, I have shared interviews with prominent thinkers, uh, historians, philosophers, uh, memoirists, um, and, and others that have been examining for many years this post-theistic landscape, what it means both personally and, and ethically and f- philosophically to be someone um, after faith, after God. Uh, I've also told stories. Some of those stories have gone under the heading of uh, the X-Files, and some of you have been featured in those stories, and I look forward to sharing more of those stories um, in the near future. Actually, uh, in just in the next few weeks, we'll have one more uh, X-Files story by um, Alexis Record, who's become a good friend of mine, uh, who um, shared her story with me some time ago, and it's been sitting in my hard drive waiting for me to edit it, and now uh, is that time. So that's where this all came from. Five years ago today, I embarked on this project, and it's been a whirlwind. It's been enlightening. It's been exciting. I've met some of the most wonderful and generous people I could have ever hoped to meet. My life has taken many twists and turns on a personal level. Um, I've lived in several different apartments. I've worked as a bartender, as a homeless services uh advocate. I've worked as a bar manager, a beer salesperson, and now I work at the Secular Student Alliance. And I'm sure along the way I will say more about the Secular Student Alliance this coming year and ways that you can uh, be involved in the work that we're doing uh, there. What can we say about this past year? It's been a continuation of the challenges that we've faced for the past several years in politics and in social life. Uh, personally, I've um, gone through an, an incredible period of personal growth working at the Secular Student Alliance, my first full year there, my first Secular Student Alliance conference at which I had the opportunity to meet so many uh, wonderful people that I uh, had heard of and talked to over the internet but never met in person, amazing students that I get an opportunity to work with each and every day around the country, inspiring young people who are really the future of the secular uh, of our who are really the future of secular America um, I'm sort of living semester by semester again almost uh, vicariously living uh, student life I've been at USC for my first year uh, this past year as the humanist chaplain and getting to know the ropes there trying to understand what my place is at USC and how I can best serve uh, non-religious students and those that are in the question about their faith Um, I've, uh, continued to develop an amazing relationship with my girlfriend, Brooke, uh, who, uh, she and I moved in together this last year, which was a major highlight for me. Um, sadly, we, we lost her dad, Pete, this past year in March, and that's been a challenge along this year, a real, um, milestone for us, for Brooke, especially 
um, but for me as well, and walking with her through that devastating um, loss and the ways that that continues to affect her and her family in um, in obvious ways. And um, yeah, life is full of these ups and downs, isn't it? I had an opportunity to to do a lot of traveling this past year, which has been um, really, really encouraging. Um, about this time last year, I was at, with the Yale Humanist Community in Hartford, Connecticut, consulting with them about their future. And they've made some amazing strides this year in the work that they're doing at Yale University and the New Haven community. I had the opportunity to attend the ACPA conference in Houston, Texas, and while there to meet with some friends. Um, ACPA is a professional association of uh, college student affairs professionals and really have grown immensely in my understanding of what student affairs professionals do on university and college campuses each and every day. I had a chance to visit the University of Central Florida in Orlando in March and met the amazing humanist chaplain T. Rogers, who's been working tirelessly at UCF for many years. Um, I encourage you to look up the work that T. is doing. I was able to attend the Secular Social Justice Conference in Washington, D.C. this past April, organized um, by my friend Sincere Carabo. Uh, incredible opportunity to meet some amazing activists and thinkers, and uh, really grateful to be able to sit in and listen to the, uh, the, the sessions and, and really get to know some people over meals and drinks. It was a fantastic time. I attended the American Humanist Association Conference, gave a presentation there about humanism and socialism, uh, which you can find on my professional Facebook page. I'll put a link to it here if you're interested. Uh, we had our Secular Student Alliance Conference in the end of June, beginning of July in Columbus, and again, had the opportunity to meet some amazing people. I did a brief campus tour through Kansas and Missouri in September, and again, met some amazing students and other leaders uh, in Missouri and Kansas um, was a part this past year of California Free Thought Day again, organized by um, the amazing David Diskin, faithfully working on that project for many, many years in Sacramento, and uh, got a chance personally to host the author podcaster panel and met some amazing people there. Attended the Camp Quest Summit. Uh, talk about some amazing and inspiring young secular leaders in this community. The people who put together the Camp Quests around the country are, are just amazing people and providing such an important space for our young people to grow in their appreciation of nature and of science and, and the world and grow in their social skills and their learning. It's, it's an amazing program. I encourage you to check out Camp Quest. I was uh, in December in New Orleans, Louisiana, for the NASPA conference. NASPA is another national organization of student affairs professionals, and they held a conference called Religious, Secular, and Spiritual Identities, looking at how um, universities and colleges are addressing or not addressing um, religious, secular, and spiritual identities on campus. And I gave a presentation there about organizing secular communities for non-religious students on campus. So it's been a full, full year professionally. Uh, personally, um, we just came back from Columbia, South Carolina, where uh, Brooke's mom and some other family members live. Brooke and I also had an amazing vacation this past September in Quebec. Uh, we had both of us never been to Quebec province, and we had a fantastic time visiting there. So that's just sort of a, a quick overview, you know, of my year. And I hope 
um, I feel so privileged. Um, it's a kind of an embarrassment of, of riches, really. The opportunities that I've had this year, and uh, I'm just grateful to each and every person who's uh, been a part of that journey. Uh, the people I've met along the way. If I've uh, forgotten to mention some of you, I, I do apologize about that. And um, I look forward to hearing from you and spending more time uh, meeting many of you this next uh, year. There's so many exciting things uh, coming up. And probably the most exciting things that are to come up this new year are things that I don't even know about yet. So anxiously awaiting what is next. In terms of my plans and the reason um, that I'm sharing this podcast with you this um, 31st of December to kick off this year is that I want to sort of go on the record about some changes that I want to make and some projects that I want to work on this year and invite your support and uh, encouragement and participation along the way. And uh, some of those changes um, have to do with me personally, and maybe you can relate to this. I I really would like for this next year to be more constructive and less angry um, personally. I mean, I just actually got through reading Rebecca Traster's new book, Good and Mad, and she really convinced me that anger is a perfectly useful and wonderful emotion when channeled in the proper ways and, and when recognized as the catalyst for action that it really is and, and how important it is to express our anger when we feel it. Expressing our anger, outrage at injustice is far better than stuffing it down and and ignoring it and especially for women for for whom anger has been an inappropriate emotion throughout American history and she did a really great job of expressing how important it is for women to express their anger and their rage at uh, what is happening in our country and in their lives both personally and collectively as as women um, and, and not to have to apologize for uh, for those emotions but personally speaking, I feel like I've gotten sucked into some toxic cycles of, of anger and reaction that really aren't good for me and, and really for anyone. Um, and so I've, I've been trying to figure out my place. And I guess I've been working on this all year, trying to figure out where I belong in this conversation that we're having nationally about our future as a country, as as well as the secular community and the humanist community and where we find ourselves and what our future looks like and what my part in that might or might not be. Um, There's a part of me that would really love to ignore the hate, the reactionary thinking, the anti-feminist and anti-racist backlash that we're experiencing right now. There's a part of me that thinks if we can all ignore it, it will just lose some traction and fade away. Uh, The far right wing has been growing the past many years, but it's still a relatively small group of people. And, um, I'm, I'm tempted, as many are, to think that we are giving it oxygen by uh, tweeting about it and writing about it and making podcasts and videos about it all the time. But the more I read about right-wing organizations, the history of fascism, proto-fascist thinking and organizing in our time and place, the more I realize that this is how it always starts. Fascists seek to gain respectability by discussing their violent and discredited ideas in public forums that lend credibility to their claims, even when they supposedly lose the debate. And so by ignoring um, the rise and growth of fascist thinking, fascist action uh, in our country, we risk the possibility of allowing it to grow into something much bigger than what it is today. So I still believe that these dangerous and hateful ideas need to be resisted, 
uh, both uh, rhetorically as well as in real life. But I want to be more attentive to positive alternatives along the way as well. I definitely want to be known as an anti-fascist and an anti-racist, more than just known as. I want to be those things. But I want to do more to also articulate what a positive uh, leftist, anti-racist society would look like. And, And to that end, I think I'll be reading more carefully. I'll waste less time with people that I've already established for myself are not part of the positive future I care about. I still want to hear criticism of my ideas, uh, but from a place of good faith and generous discerning curiosity. And I find that that type of writing and and speaking is much harder to find these days in our sort of point scoring type of social rhetoric that we engage in online and on social media. And I guess more than anything, I long for a community that does this together, that thinks together about these hard problems and thinks together about what it means to be a humanist, a secular humanist in this moment, uh, what it means to be post-theistic at this moment in time. You know, Religious communities have, have a wealth of philosophical resources to help them think through what it means to be human in moments like these. Uh, And I I want to be a part of creating that type of community for secular humanists as well. What does it mean to be a person post-theistic but humanistic in this moment of right-wing reaction? Um, I long for that. I long for a community that thinks together, that talks together, that shares ideas together, that um, faithfully critiques one another in a spirit of growth together. Uh, a, so I think a significant part of Life After God will, will still be helping individuals navigate their loss of faith, as we've always done, telling stories of people who have navigated their way out of toxic faith experiences and into a broader, more open, uh, post-theistic world. But this year, I want to focus more on shaping a positive, progressive community that can help create what heretofore we have not had um, in our community. I don't want to get too far into this in this short episode, but I I think it's important to sort of plant a flag at this sort of point to say, without too much explanation, um, that it seems to me that there has been a move, uh, sometimes gradually, sometimes not so gradually, within secular humanist um, communities towards a reactionary perspective on race and gender sexuality. And and this has been um, sort of corresponding to the right-wing reactionary thinking and organizing that we've seen more broadly in the country. Um, what, what I think is important is that those of us who are humanists, that are pro-social progressive humanists, hang together and create positive alternatives Uh, to the world that we see so often um, just outside our doors, both as a prototype and example for what could also uh, exist more broadly, but also for our own strength and nourishment as we continue to work for peace and justice in our communities. Uh, To that end, I want to do some more writing. I want to get back to blogging. I haven't for a while, quite frankly. I guess I haven't felt the confidence to speak very definitively about things. These, These past two years, I've I've been in a kind of shock, as many of you have, at the rolling revelations that we're not nearly as enlightened as we'd like to think we are. Uh, but now I'm ready to share some thoughts. I'm not sure where or in what format I'll, I'll be doing that, obviously here on the podcast, but I also want to do some, some writing sort of in a blog format. So uh, I'll let you know when I figure that out. Um, 
And I'm not sure what the organizing principle for this writing will be except to share how I'm thinking and reflecting on my place in the world, to share what I'm learning, to ask questions that I hope you and many others might chime in on and and help us all together grow towards the type of uh, people and community we'd like to be. Uh, The podcast is um, coming back for another season starting now, which is very exciting. I know many of you have been saying that you've missed it, and I really appreciate you saying that and because it's it's gratifying to to think that um something that the, the podcast has been that important to you that you actually miss it which is which is cool um so we'll be I'll be coming back with some um episodes in the very near future in the next couple of weeks I have already in the can uh interview with John Gray most recently author of uh, seven types of atheism I have an X-Files episode recorded, as I mentioned, with Alexis Record. I'm also going to be speaking with Jessica Wilbanks, um, author of the new memoir, When When I Spoke in Tongues. Uh, Fantastic memoir. Really, uh, I feel underrated, and I hope more people will um, check it out. I also want to do some reconfiguring of the Life After God community, the Facebook group, um, and, and some other ideas I have for our online engagement. Um, some classes, some groups where we can think very concretely and and uh, proactively about our intellectual and philosophical development as as people going through this post theistic uh, transition. Um, so I, I I don't know again exactly what that's going to look like, but uh, if you're a member of the secret fake Facebook group, um, definitely be watching that page. I want to um, I'll be sharing some opportunities for you to chime in and and give me feedback on what you think um, the future should look like. If you're not yet a part of the Facebook group and want to be, um, this is for people who are post-theistic or on the fence, people that are considering their faith or in deep doubt about their faith and need a community that's safe where they can explore that together. You can email me at ryan at lifeaftergod.org and I'll be in touch with you about uh, joining the group. So, so that's, that's pretty much where I'm at. And um, I'd love to hear from you how your year has been, um, what you're thinking and feeling about this coming year. I'd love to hear from you on, by email. If you want to write to me, you can write to me at ryan at lifeaftergod.org. Uh, if you have an idea about the shape of the Life After God community going forward, I'd love to hear that as well. Um, you know, as I've said, it's been a challenging year. And if prognostications are any indication, the coming year will be even more challenging, and we, we need each other. Uh, we need a more robust humanism, one that can stand up to the challenges of our contemporary moment. We need the humanism of people like Eugene Debs and Amy Goodman and Ijeoma Aluo and others. We need better thinking, better ideas, more committed communities of activists to create the world that we're all dreaming of. And so if you want to be a part of this with me, please visit our website, lifeaftergod.org. Sign up for the newsletter to stay in touch, uh, which will you'll be prompted to sign up for when you visit the website. And you can also follow our Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, at Our Life After God. If you want to really support this community and the work that we're doing to create space for post-theistic community, I invite you to visit my Patreon page at patreon.com slash lifeaftergod. I'm going to be completely reconfiguring my Patreon page in the coming weeks, so stay tuned for that. Um, and if you'd like to support uh, the work that we're doing, I encourage you to make a recurring monthly donation this new year uh, to help us build and grow what we already have into something even better. 
So I really do hope you have a safe and happy new year. I look forward to interacting with you further in the coming weeks. And thank you again for tuning into this podcast, for sharing it with your friends, for sharing it on social media, and uh, just for being a part of the growth that I have done in my life in the past several years. You're all uh, so incredibly important to me, and I'm, I'm eternally grateful to you. Thanks again for tuning in. This has been the Life After God podcast, and we will see you down the road. could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.